Hello, welcome to Kiara Gets Drunk and Talks About Music. I am Kiara, and t- no, hold on. See, I fucked it up already. <laughs> it's no, it's because of me. It's the, it's the clownish face of... No, 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 you were looking at me, and I was really excited. Anyways, okay, we're going to start from the beginning. Okay. Hello, you are listening to Kiara Gets Drunk and Talks About Music. Today, we are going to be talking about Enema of the State by Blink-182, released in 1999, and my guest is Carrie. Woo! Hey! Hey, welcome to the pod. Hi, thank you for having me. It has been a long time coming getting you here, but I'm pumped that you're here. I'm so excited. I am so excited (laughs) that you're here. And Carrie, we have known each other for the last three and a half years. Yes. Started work the exact same day. Yep. Bonded. Day one. Day one. Day one. We parked right next to each other. (laughs) Left at the exact same time. Said goodbye from our cars. That, That, you know, you've met the one friend at work when you can like wave goodbye at the end of the day and just be like now we're going to our respective houses hopefully i will see you tomorrow. but i will see you tomorrow <laughs> and it worked mutual love of puns mutual yes. love of music yes. mutual love of the office and drag race and oh many other things that have built the foundation of our friendship all of the things all of the things the best of things the best of things and i'm very happy you're here thank you thank for you. coming i'm so happy <laughs> so nice to have you. you thank you um so carrie obviously today we're talking a big album Enema of the State by Blink-182, oh which yes. just celebrated its 20th anniversary this year. I know. I'm kind of sad that I didn't know it was 20 years old. It is 20 years old. That's fantastic. But that's okay, because <laughs> it's, a, it's a long time. Um, now, before we actually get into talking about what we like about the album and some of the songs maybe we didn't like so much, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you just a brief history. Cool. A 30-second history, if you will. Fantastic. On the band that we've come to love, known as Blink-182. So Blink is obviously comprised of three boys from California. We've got Mark Hoppus, who is on uh, bass and vocals. Currently, we have Matt Skiba, who rocks mm-hmm. the guitar and vocals, and Travis Barker on drums. That's the current lineup, but it didn't always look that way. Uh, when we grew up with Blink, we obviously grew up with Tom DeLonge. Yes. DeLonge? DeLong. I always said DeLong, but I mean... I now I'm actually unsure. I should have probably figured that out before I started recording, but it's fine. <laughs> we'll go with Tom DeLong. Is it? Oh, yeah, I should have mentioned. Oh, hold on. We've got Tiff here as well. <laughs> Those of you who have listened to episode two may remember my friend Tiff, who's a big Frank Ocean fan, and helped me out when this pod was nothing but an idea in my head. And she is here as our first pod observer. Welcome, <laughs> Tiff. Thank you for being here. Hi, I should have introduced you sooner. No worries. You're not crashing the party. You're a part of the party. I'm <laughs> sorry. So back to Blink-182. Obviously, Tom DeLonge was a big part of the band. And even before then, before they hit their apex of fame, Scott Rayner was on drums. They released their debut album, which was Cheshire Cat in 95. And they were signed to MCA after a bidding war. And they released Dude Ranch in 96. And at that, this time, this is when Scott Rayner exited. And he was replaced by, obviously, Travis Barker. Um, this album in particular, Enema, this was their third album released in 1999. And it sold 15 million copies. Uh, the hit singles here were What's My Age Again, huge tune, Adam's song, and All the Small Things, which I think is probably one of their most well-known songs. And I love that song. The way I kind of wanted to like (laughs) describe Blink, for me at least, is their punk pop paved the way for bands like Sum 41, Mm -hmm. Fall Out Boy, Yellow Card. They were they were the answer to they were the antithesis to pop at the time. Mm -hmm. But they still had pop elements. Yes, a hundred percent. I would agree. I would agree. And I mean, like, if you if you want to get down to it, I mean, they're all the small things video is kind of like iconic, iconic for iconic. that. Since so since we're talking enema today, well, not enema, like <laughs> I'm not going to shorten that. I'm not going to shorten the album title because I don't want to talk about enemas really today. Yeah. But obviously, this is a podcast where drinking is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. And given the I believe the second track on the record, Aliens Exist. Third, Third track. Oh, look at 
like, hold on, hold on over here. I've been, I may not have, I may have been off the boat for the 20th anniversary of but the you album, know the but girl, I know this album. I know, I believe it. Every That's why I invited you In here. order. She is prepared. So off of the third song on this record, Aliens Exist, and given Tom DeLonge's recent foray into studying all things uh, extraterrestrial, we are drinking something called Alien Secretion, (laughs) which sounds fucking gross but it's, it's actually quite good it is delicious it's very strong i've had like three sips and i'm not gonna lie i'm a little drunk but for anybody who's listening who wants to drink along with us this drink's actually real easy to make and it's real good not gonna lie so you'll need a couple ounces of vodka half an ounce of melon liqueur half an ounce of coconut rum and three ounces of pineapple juice combine that with some ice in a shaker pour it out and you've got yourself a big old glass of alien secretion <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's like Oh, different. Oh, the visual, the visual on that. We might be attracting some different kinds of people with this episode, yeah. and I'm okay with it. <laughs> I'm hey. Once they realize that we're not talking about alien secretion and that we're talking about blink I mean, we're, not, we're not talking about alien secretion. Oh no, I, I lured you here under false pretenses, <laughs> Carrie. Sorry. <laughs> okay, so Carrie. Yes. Let's take ourselves back to 1999. <sighs> okay. Do you remember it well? Oh, I do. <laughs> so, how old were you in '99? I was 12. I was 12 and awkward. <laughs> Weren't we all? Weren't we uh, all 12 and awkward at one point in our lives? Yeah. Yeah. But like next level awkward. Just a little bit in when this way? came out. So I had like really fantastic bangs and uh, they curled up the sides like devil horns. So started the day out great. By the end of first recess, I looked like the demon spawn, but I had I Harry Potter it. glasses. You know, all so the So you just were winning cool in life already. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And and I mean, like, also wearing oversized, like, souvenir t-shirts from Saskatchewan or Saskatoon, <laughs> Red Deer, wherever my dad brought me something. So I was also, like, that kid who was wearing a dress shirt to class. To class. I love it. Yeah, it was, it was, I was cool. I, I, I believe you. I believe it. I believe that you were a very cool person. And thank you. I, so when this record came out, I was uh, pretty young. You and I have a bit of an age gap. But <laughs> I don't even want to know how old you are. So I was five years old when oh, this record you. came out. <laughs> You guys, are, you guys are seven years older than me. It's a bit it, but, of a, but it doesn't feel like it. No. We don't, don't worry. I'm so immature. No, I'm kidding. You're so immature. I just so need to bring mature. that up. The only reason I'm bringing it up, I'm not trying to make you feel nope, bad. It's... The only reason is because uh, that meant I was listening to this record way later. Yes. I wasn't listening to it in 99. No. Whereas I feel like you probably were. Oh, I did. I did. Yeah. So uh, how did you start listening to Blink? 102.1 The Edge was kind of what I started listening to by like grade five and six. And I was definitely interested in their ho-ho-home section where you would have to call in and guess whether or not they're showing you a porno clip or a clip of a home improvement show. (laughs) And uh, so generally the home improvement was Meg Ruffman because as a very nerdy kid, I also watched the Women's Television Network where she would, you know, fix homes. So it would always be like, okay, guys, we're going to get the snake real hard now. We're just going to throw it in that pipe and give it a little jingle. And I was always like, it's Meg Ruffman. It's a ho-ho-home. Um, so I knew that way too much. Uh, but anyway, that's what kind of got me into 102.1 The Edge. And then I was getting more into like the indie alternative and all of that kind of jazz. And then uh, Damn It came out. I was really into that song. Then what my eight, What's My Age Again came out. And it was like kind of really, I was really into it. And then when the album came out, I was in summer camp and a very cute boy I had a crush on but had like zero interest in me because the Saskatoon shirt like doesn't work for everybody. Well you mean he didn't like your <laughs> devil horn bangs and your Harry Potter glasses and your Saskatoon shirt? Nope. Uh, I mean <laughs> what a motherfucker. 
he was missing out. But I mean, yeah, like, so he brought the album in and um, I'd heard What's My Age Again, All Small Things. And uh, it was like, I was really into it. But then I heard the full album and I was like, holy fuck. <laughs> so it was like fantastic. And I remember uh, the first time I heard it because, I mean, I was a raised a good little Catholic kid who uh, didn't swear too much, but I mean... Look, look, look how look far we've come. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I remember hearing Dumpweed and being like, oh my God, they're swearing. And um, the young gentleman, I was kind of like, you can go stand over there and play tennis in our tennis club that I am not good at. And I will just sit here like, I don't need you anymore. I have found, I found what I love. need from you. So yeah, that was uh, my exposure to them. And I, I fucking fell in love. It's definitely in like reflecting back on this album. I think it was a, a shareable one. So the reason why like you heard about this album, the reason why I heard about this album was because it was introduced to me by someone else, which I mean, come to think of it, I guess that's a lot of the way that music comes into our lives. But mm-hmm. this album always makes me think of my older brother. And I remember him downloading the songs and putting them on like we would make like bomb ass mix CDs. <laughs> yes. And that would be like, you know, we drive around. Well, not we would drive around because we didn't have our license, but our parents would drive around and we would put in the mix CDs and we'd be blasting like Chumbawamba and Shaggy and <laughs> Blink and Psalm 41, Len, like Steal, yes. my, shun- Steal oh my Sunshine, my God. Train, like just like the really big bops of yeah. like early 2000s. And this made its way onto that because my brother's a little, he's, he's older than I am. So like he w- had more of a, a exposure to it, I guess, in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But that's the reason why I started listening to them. And I think too, because like when I was a kid, I was still into like the mass pop thing yeah. like I the first CDs I owned were like Britney Spears like one more time this wasn't a yes. band this was this was a game changer for me in the sense that it started mm-hmm. to change my listening patterns yeah. um and I liked what I liked about them is that they were like they made fun of themselves like they didn't take yeah. themselves too seriously oh yeah and I think what I love uh so much about this album is like I love that it was goofy and that it was funny even like what's my age again um it reminded me of like a slightly grown-up Bart Simpson as like someone who's like grown up with the Simpsons too, like the the prank calls and all that. I also alluded to like I fucking loved Weird Al Yankovic's uh, song "Don't Go Making Phony Calls," a parody of "Don't Go Don't Chasing go Water." Chasing <laughs> so, uh, but it was it was like little things like that that would trigger that. Be like, this is silly and fun, and I love it. But they're timeless because they talk about very central universal themes within life. They do it in this very interesting. Like everything is introspective. It reflects on the way you feel in these situations that make them so timeless because even as like a 30 something year old I can look back and appreciate the same songs I did when I was 12 I don't listen to any other albums from when I was 12 yeah this is an album that has stayed with me it made it onto all of my road trip CDs of course and and it's I know timeless absolutely and I know you don't want to talk about this but I did go see <laughs> blank this past summer they played their big 20th anniversary anime of the state show where they played the album back to front dump to anthem and uh again i'm not trying to rub it in your face but i want to touch on your point which is the fact that it's amazing how they can still draw that kind of crowd because to be honest this kind of music i don't know if it would i don't know if it would necessarily have the same kind of impact on the population today like in 2019 no it it stuck with us it was a a record that we constantly will continue to go back to so who like were you a travis girl were you a mark girl were you a tom girl okay when uh a first uh saw a picture of them because the the interwebs was not like a big thing that I had exposure to that dial up to put it into context I 
Heard this album when I was 12. I didn't have internet in my house until I was in grade 11. So I was like 17. Yeah, like you're looking at me, Tiff. Like it was crazy. Like I was the kid who went to the library and was like, I will get all of the books <laughs> and I will research all of the things. Carrie, so a question. Are you Amish? Living in my own Amish paradise. I'm going to edit that out. I don't want to, I don't want to, um, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to upset the Amish. Okay, so finally see a photo. And uh, on the surface... I was like, ooh, this, this, this Mark character is quite, Mark quite, quite uh, handsome. And then I remember listening to it on my cassette tape and I would fast forward because that was what I had to do to get to the next song. And I was like, I just want to hear Mark sing. I just want to hear Mark sing. Then I was like, I fucking love Tom. One day I was just like, Tom is, I don't know, the lip ring. So I love Tom, but I found I actually preferred his songs, the grittiness of his voice. Right. And that kind of punk ish vibe that I got more than Mark's it's funny because even like Tiff and I had a text conversation about this when we were talking about when we were going to record today and because your favorite Tiff you're a Tom right I also love Tom the mostest I was I think I was a Mark I loved I love Tom but I was a uh, I went through a big uh, good boy phase <laughs> and he was the good boy he was he, he was. was the good boy and uh he still got that clean cut but still punk which I yeah. like because that's how I consider myself where I'm like I'm a pretty boring person with like m- metal punk adjacency <laughs> do you know what I mean <laughs> yes <laughs> okay so care at this point in the show mm. What we want to do is we're going to talk through some of the songs that we loved. That's where we're going to start. Songs we love, the songs that we play over and over again. And then we're going to go into some of the songs that we maybe don't like so much. What are one of the songs that you could listen to over and over and over again and never get tired of it? All the small things. Uh, Fucking huge. (laughs) Literally keep calm and carry me home. I fucking loved it. Carry me home. (laughs) Okay. So obviously carry, this is your namesake song. Yes. I fucking love it. Okay. So what is it that you like? Um, okay, so I think it's both fun and uplifting. It's very hopeful for, like, awkward 12-year-old Carrie's, like, future hopeful relationships. When you think about the music video, I think it just really, like, quintessentially, like, summed up me at that time. I loved that they made fun of the Backstreet Boys. Like, I was never a big Backstreet Boys fan. I was not huge into NSYNC. So the fact that they made fun of all of them, I was like, yes, this is my moment. I fucking love this. And then I got into, like... Kevin Smith movies at that time too, like right. Mall Rats, Clerks. I was watching the whole like New Jersey trilogy, slowly swearing more and more as a 12-year-old. It was fantastic and, for me. And we start to see Amish carry evolve. <laughs> yes, I mean, still no internet, but uh, <laughs> access to all of the swears. It was just fun. It and I think so that's fun. why I love this song so much. It makes it onto almost every playlist. Like I could never get sick of this song. It just the never na 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 like you just you just it makes you sing along. I always remember the like wind machine Tom on a toilet. Like it was my humor, <laughs> and I was like, I'm not alone. No, absolutely. people feel this way. I'm I I'm to- in total agreement. Uh, this is actually my second favorite song of the record, but one of my favorite Blink One Eight Two songs overall. Overall, okay. what I think is funny too is like I. I'm a big lyric person. I dive in. I I try and like analyze and dissect the lyrics uh, as in as much detail as I possibly mm-hmm. can. And it's funny because there's a probably a third of the song is just made up of the na 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 like two letters. You're literally just singing na 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 over and again. But I think you'd be hard pressed to find a riff like that with no lyrics. That is so recognizable. Oh, yeah. Like, it makes you want to dance. When I was listening to this on the subway, I was just, like, bobbing my head so much. I got a lot of seats to myself. (laughs) (laughs) Straight up. 
No, nobody it's, wants it's, to see Carrie dance. It's a sin against nature. No, it's not. It's, no, it's, it's like, Blink-182. You can't yes. help but dance when you hear the song. When I saw them play it live, it was like everybody lost their minds because they were... Yeah. No, and I'm sorry. I know I keep rubbing it in and bringing it up. But <laughs> I have to okay. talk about I'm this. like just going to drink. The live experience with this song was unparalleled to a lot of other concerts I've been to because it's one that, you know, people... It's like when you go to concerts and you know people are waiting yeah. to hear a specific song everybody's waiting to hear all the small things and the whole message of the song too what i like about it is like it's just tom he's just grateful for his lady yeah and he marries her and he marries her it's just like this and it's like everybody says it's the little things in life that are yeah. important that's what this song is about really he's like is. yeah she you know she left me roses by the stairs surprises let me know she cares no great great way to start off i think yeah. that's a that's, that's a super fun fucking song can uh, i also add an please. extra element to your uh your pod okay. i feel like uh when people make their alien secretions at home you should all take a drink every time kira mentioned she went to the fucking concert because <laughs> you're gonna get drunk fast <laughs> i love it but it cures a drunk drinking game yes i'm on board with this i, I am on, i'm so on board with this listeners if you're if you're up <laughs> all 12 of you who are out there i mean it's 13 yeah Thank carrie you. i'm in, <laughs> okay. i'm influencing <laughs> i'm influencing you know like three six nine twelve people I am surprised you can every, do that math because uh, you can't no. multiply by three at this point. I mean, point. I can. <laughs> I don't know. Time and space doesn't exist for me anymore. Anywho's okay. <laughs> Next I song. wanted to also talk about so all the small things. Huge single off the record. Yes. One of the ones that I think is lesser known and maybe one that people might not think is a favorite, uh, but I loved is "Don't Leave Me" because it's a Mark song. It's yes. all Mark. Um, and I think, too, yes, that he's speaking from his own experience. He's speaking from the male perspective in terms of desire, like liking yeah. somebody so much. Um, and But I think it's something that we can all relate to, especially when you're the awkward 12-year-old or, yes. you know, the awkward teenager. Um, but you're always hoping, like, you're always just like, I will, like, I want this person to like me so fucking bad. Um, and there was a great quote. I, I read an article, and Tom actually, like, annotated the song. And he said, uh, this song is like a prayer to a girl, hoping that you won't make the girl throw up forever and hoping that the girls will love you we speak for all males we write songs hoping that girls will like us dirty rotten boys for a long time yeah this is this is one of the reasons why this album means like so much to me as well i had a crush on a guy from like jk i was like i like you i named my hamster after you not in a creepy way (laughs) and like super into him hold on let's 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 not let's not brush that that. off really quickly what was your hamster's name i don't know if it was timmy his name was timmy (laughs) Timmy the hamster. Timmy died in his food bowl. I brought Timmy to school. It was the most unrequited love I I, I have experienced. Um, You're a real Juliet. But when you go through it, it was like literally I was like, I hope he likes me. Don't Dis- leave me all, all alone, alone <laughs> with my hamster. <laughs> but <laughs> are you okay? Kara died. So sorry. Let's let's go back. Let's continue. Yes. So you you had an unrequited. So love. So I had this unrequited love. So like, don't leave me was great. Like, dysentery Gary was like also one of my favorite songs. On let's this talk track. dysentery Gary. Yes. So in grade seven, uh, a new girl came to school. Timmy fucking started dating her, and I was like, she is the worst human ever. I want to hold his hand in the portable section. That's all. That's all I ever wanted. So she was like my dysentery Gary. Like she, she was the diarrhea giver in the way of my life. But the, the nice thing is, is you can feel the heart, the heartache is real. Tom is really tapping into that emotion. And yes, um, I was, it, this really spoke to me and it was my moment of like, yeah, fuck you. Like 
the girl of your dreams is right here if I just take out my Harry Potter glasses like it's like it's gonna be a that. she's all that exactly <laughs> I am like Rachel Lee Cook I like Dysentery Gary too that was on my list of things that I loved. I, love I did have to I didn't really realize like it was what you were talking about yeah. which was a song about got a lot of heartache yeah it's she's actually fucking weasel it's actually so good. about like the douchebag fuckboy type yep which I can appreciate which is who I have dated subsequently god damn it timmy what have you done to me (laughs) what i liked about this song in particular i think if you had taken those lyrics out of context and you didn't have tom singing them they would be like lyrics from a very sad song because he says like life just sucks i lost the one i'm giving up she found someone and i'm like that's adele that's basically someone like you yep just in a different way so i like that they were able to take something pretty painful And turn it into something fun. Well, and this is, I think, why I love this album so much is because, like, don't get me wrong, I love Adele. But I will not listen to Adele unless I'm in the mood to listen to Adele. Because that's the thing. When you listen to those kind of sad, heartbreaking songs, you also kind of end up feeling crappy. These let me get that out. But then I feel, like, happy, vindicated. Like Speaking of vindicated, because we've got some emo fans in the room. Does anybody remember that song by Dashboard Confessional where he's like, liberated, I am vindicated. (laughs) Yeah. I am selfish. I am, selfish. So, I am wrong. Yeah. Okay. Yes. We're going to, we're going to, oh, you know what? I do. Okay. I have one more thing on dysentery, okay. Gary, which I have to mention. So everybody get your drinks ready. I'm about to talk about the live show. Tiffany, drink. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers ladies. Uh, uh, fuck you. Okay. So when I saw them live, there was, there was a part that I was looking forward to in the song, which is where everything kind of quiets down near the end and you think the song's about to be over. Yes. And then all of a sudden it comes back with Tom when he goes like, fuck, fuck this place. place. I, I lost, lost the one. I hate you all. You're Your mom's a whore. But I live, I live, I live <laughs> for those so moments good. in songs. I love, we talked about this in episode one, if you go back and listen to From Under the Cork Tree, but I'm a big fan of times where there is that break. Yes. And all of a sudden, yes. just, like you think it's over, and it just comes back with like a thousand fucking tons. Like Swift is a yeah. coursing river. Like it's yes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but yes, I just needed to mention that because that was really fucking fun to sing live. Everybody had their middle fingers up. It was great. Uh, okay, so it's my turn. Yes, I want to talk about going away to college. Yes. Oh my god, yes. Okay. Because so going away to university for me, I guess that's why I like the song so much because yes. it was a fucking terrifying experience for me mm-hmm. because I felt so comfortable in my little high school bubble and knowing that I was going to be away from a lot of my friends and I wasn't I wasn't in a relationship with this time, but what I liked was there actually is a line where he says uh and if young love is just a game, I must have missed the kickoff. Yes. Um, and I wrote down this is how I felt in high school with no boyfriend. Uh I also did not have a boyfriend cuz I went to girls catholic school there was a stress there was a stressful element of this song which mark captured which i think was Mm -hmm. like if you're in that situation where you do have to leave somebody behind that's very very scary and i think it's it's scary and exciting because as we know like you you kind of figure out i think who you are in those college years those are very formative years yes so it is scary to figure out like who am i going to be in this new rule new world where nobody knows who i am um Mm -hmm. and is the person who Mm -hmm. i love or who I've been in love with maybe gonna still love me and I just like I think it's a very cute very sweet song he says um this world's an ugly place but you're so beautiful to me I think for me especially with having gone to an all-girls school by the end of my grade 12 experience because I didn't have a fantastic high school career I was so ready for university and I was so ready to get the fuck out of Dodge so I was so stoked for university and then I was not prepared like I was not prepared I was so unprepared so here's your Valentine kind of moment like 
And I met my first boyfriend in residence, like within the first couple weeks. I experienced the full like effects of that song. He says, why does it feel the same to fall in love or break it off? It's scary. Like it is scary to go from first year university, like where you're supposed to make all your connections. I tied my entire life to this person and you fall, you fall hard. And then to leave it was like, well, what the fuck happens to me next? Right. It encompasses these emotions and they are able to talk to you about some of the most like impactful moments in your life but in such a fun way and on that note time for refills okay we're taking a breather folks refills we'll be right back we've we've touched on going away to college carrie what's another one you love well i mean it's it's a classic what's my age again beautiful this record is almost like defined by that what's my age again music video you have the the lovely nurse on the front you can't separate this album from that song and I fucking love it. It's a great song. It's so fun. Like, it's just, I think it just, like, embraces the kid in you. Like, at the end of the day, we sit there and we have these moments where it's, like, we're we're asking kids these days, even, like, you want to get, like, technical with social media, like, we're forcing them to grow up almost, like, too soon. It's nice to stay true to your youth and, like, not be afraid to have those fun moments and be impulsive and I fucking love the video it was it was so risque for that time like no one did that shit I love this song too I'm totally with you I what I wrote down was when I started hearing that like um the do 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 yeah I wrote down here we go like I was (laughs) yes I was so excited to hear this song start and it bleeds in very nicely from going away to college going away to college so seamlessly so I was I was super pumped when this song started um and I mean to your point too there is a lot of freedom in being silly and being okay with being who you are and if that means you're immature or it's like whatever like Mm -hmm. I like the fact that when they were writing this song too they were like yeah we're fucking immature we're adolescents at heart and we're just going to capitalize on that I thought that was I thought that was very vulnerable in a sense as well. And I think it speaks to also like the generation that pop punk, right? Like you don't have to be serious. You don't have to be like anarchy now. Like it really. Serenity now. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I I understand where you were going because I'm like, it's people forget too that like, I think people forget too that there can be a fun element to music. It doesn't all have to be, you have to be the most introspective person. I don't have to search for the deeper meaning when I'm listening to Blink-182. I know exactly what they're talking about right off the bat. Yeah. And it's nice. Like even like the way they lay out their tracks are very simple, understandable, Mm -hmm. mass marketed, if you will. Like, and it unites us. Like really music is a universal language this is a way we can all be united. Like these are themes that everyone experiences and it made it accessible. It is a accessible record. Yes. And I think that is why it is standard. Like it stood the, the test of time. Absolutely. That's I'm, why, I'm in total. That's why they experience. had a 20, 20th anniversary uh, concert that I did not get to attend. You we're not there, no. but it's okay, Carrie, cause you're here now and that's all Thank that matters. I, I wanted to talk about Adam's song. Okay. Which uh, I think is my favorite song on the record. Uh, Might be my favorite Blink-182 song ever. And the reason why is because up until I heard it, I just interpreted Blink-182 as a silly, jokey. We were just talking about it. Didn't take things too seriously. Mm -hmm. Were able to make things fun. That's how I interpreted them. I'm like, they're not really capable of being serious. And this one hits very hard because it comes from a very real and honest place in Mark's life where he actually felt like he didn't have anybody. And even though he was in the band and they were on tour and doing whatever, like he would come home and just not feel fulfilled. And he, Mm -hmm. you know, Tom and Travis had girlfriends and they went home and they weren't alone and, and Mark was alone. 
Yeah, they didn't play this much on the road, right? They don't. They don't yeah. play this much on the road. Uh, they played it when I when when I saw them live. Everybody, take a take, take a, drink. a drink for that when I saw them live. I like the line where he says, "Like I laughed the loudest. Who'd have known?" Y- you never know what people, what shit people are going through. Hundred percent. I think Adam's song, in its own sense, was about telling a story, being yes. like, "This is how I feel in this moment," and if I were to just leave if I were to be gone from this earth this is how I think people would remember me and I hate to get super I don't want to be a downer on this podcast yeah. but I'm like I've known a couple people in my life who have committed suicide yes it's terrifying for me to think that that's the only way out and so it this song gets me every time and I love the fact that it's still blink but it's blink in a totally different light I just I would just would hope if anybody that I love was going through what Adam is going through they would have the support to be able to talk about what they're going through and yeah. they would they wouldn't take that they wouldn't make that choice no for sure and um it's on my least fave list okay the only reason why is because it's too real like I have a family member who committed suicide so it is hard for me to listen to so it's not a matter of I put it in my least favorite not because I don't value the song I think it is beautifully written I actually wrote like it's beautiful it is real. I love that at the end they give it like an option for tomorrow. But it's too real for me. Like as a person who's like had a, a very close family member choose that route and the impact it left on us. I can't. I can't. Because it is. It's like I remember the moments of this individual in my life who's someone very close to me. These moments of as small as it is as like spilled apple juice in a hall. Like you remember that and it stays with you and imprints on you and it is heartbreaking. And I think they did such a beautiful and fantastic job capturing that feeling. And I think it's like if we're given a gift like this song to really retrospectively look at a topic, talk about a topic, be involved in a topic, like don't, don't, don't shy away. Don't shy away from it. Thank you for sharing that. That's a hard thing to talk about and I appreciate you being honest. Thank you. So fun on songs. that note, <laughs> on that note, Carrie, is there anything else on your list of songs uh, in terms of songs you really love that you wanted to talk about today? Ooh, I love Wendy Clear. I think Wendy Let's Clear is Wendy very Clear. underrated. I think going into it, like it was never really a song I listened to a lot in my formative years with the band. But um, having quit my previous job to go back to my passion, this was the song I listened to. Like I just found myself listening to it. And I know Mark wrote it. Wrote, wrote it. Fuck. What? Wrote it. Enunciation. Um, <laughs> you remember this podcast called Kara Gets Drunk, but I think we should rename <laughs> it to Carrie Gets Drunk because she Carrie is. Drunk. <laughs> oh, guys. Come on. But like, guys, I, I can't feel my teeth anymore. For me, it was a catalyst for... If you're not happy where you are and you know what's going to make you happy, like just fucking do it. Like take that boat out while you have the chance to do it, which is also kind of like a good segue from Adam's song. Like take the time to to really evaluate what you want in life. Don't let a societal image of where you think you should be kind of like predetermine what you're doing. And for me, it was like very, very interesting and very powerful for me to make my career shift. Can I just say something? Tiffany, please. Here you go. I'm so grateful to have my bestie Carrie work with me because through that she was able to meet Kiara. I'm just very grateful for like the energy that we have in this room. Fantastic. Anyway, <clears throat> grateful. Grateful for you guys. I think we, ne- we unfortunately, we're going to have to shift over unless yes. there's any more songs that yeah. you love. We're going to have to shift over to maybe songs we didn't love. And I will, I will preface maybe some of our listeners with, um, usually I've got a decent amount of songs on my, I do not love list. And, uh, with these guys here, they can keep me honest. They know that I actually only have one 
one song that I did not <gasps> love. What? Out of this oh, whole and it's album. that one. <laughs> and it's Mutt. I guess in the grand scheme of what this record was and how big it was and how fun I found it and how fun it was for me to listen to it, listening to Mutt just felt weird. Mm, okay. It wasn't yeah, yeah. for me. For me. Yeah. No. Was not memorable for me. I don't think it was as strong as the rest of the records. And all it is, like, it's about Tom's old roommate, who is, yeah. like, a total player who got all these girls and just fucked all day long. Yeah. So I'm like, that's what the song's about, Tiff. <laughs> yeah. So for me, I'm like, it kind of just seems like a surface, a surface song. It's a filler song for me. I agree. And I, for those of you who have listened to the pod before, I hate filler songs. I'm like, if it's going to be on the record, Tiff knows this from our Frank Ocean conversation. I'm like, if you're going to put it on the fuck. Kiara hates the the interludes i hate the interludes and mutt is kind of an interlude record to me (laughs) i don't get it i think it's surface i think you can't go from something like so the order in terms of the order of this oh i got you i got you it comes right after the party song and in between party song and wendy claire yes doesn't fit doesn't work it's it's a weird placement i will agree and again it's like i was there when american pie came out and this is the song on like in the film like so I always associate it with the movie and I kind of like write it off, but it is, it is very much a filler song. Like I'm very indifferent about it. Okay. It's not, it's not my thing. No, that's fair. So what is a song that you maybe don't love? Uh, It was very difficult for me to do. (gasps) Oh, breaking things. It wasn't even the drunk people. What is it? Just a picture of Kiara. It was just a picture of me that she knocked off my wall. No, she's fine. No, look, she got it. Oh, it's beautiful. (laughs) Thanks, Tiff. (laughs) Carrie, what is a song that you don't, do not love? That you it don't was, not love. Okay. So it was really hard. I tried to pick songs that I was like less inclined to. So Adam's song talked about it. It's in there. It was it was a struggle. Because honestly, like I think the party song is hit or miss for me. Okay. I fucking love the party song though. Me too. Like this is my life. I love this album so much. It's almost impossible for me to pick favorites, pick least favorites. If I had to pick songs I wasn't keen on, on the totem pole of like ranking them as favorite to like less but still favorite. Yeah. The party song came up mainly just because Mark's like, do you want to go to a party? Oh, like, I don't know any of the words. I can, also, like, kudos to him for fucking saying them. I'm with you, because the only part I know is this part where he's like, and then I saw her standing Sing there with, with green eyes and long blonde hair. She, she wasn't, wasn't wearing, wearing underwear. underwear. Fun fact, I knew a girl who wasn't wearing underwear, and I saw, again, <laughs> connect to this song. But she's the girl who tried too hard. I love the bridge. I love the chorus. So it's, I love the chorus and the my, bridge. My hatred still come with desires and love. Again, I talked about in the, in the top of this episode, listening, like my brother downloading these songs and having them on our mix CD. Yeah. And I have a distinct memory of listening to it like in my basement and my mom being like, mm. hearing the chorus and being like, what, what are you listening to? It's, you know what? Like for me, it was just a, it was a Switzerland. It was a neutral. Yeah. I do think before I want to close this off, I do want to talk about Aliens Exist. Obviously, throughout the time we've been recording today, we have been enjoying some... <laughs> alien secretion we have been doing alien secretion i think we have to talk about it and the only reason why i want to talk about it is because it's obviously the basis of the drink that we're drinking today i fucking love this song you know what it's it's not my favorite i just kind of imagine what i like about this is i imagine like tom being like yo like travis mark like let's talk about like let's write a song about fucking aliens and i imagine mark and travis being like sure area 51 it up Let's do it, UFOs, <laughs> X-Files. The truth the is truth, out there. The truth is out there. In terms of the song itself, it's fine. 
see, for me, what it was is it's like fun. It's off the wall. I grew up with like X-Files on TV. I I lived the truth is out there lifestyle. I uh, dyed my hair red at one point. Um, what does that have to do with anything? Because Scully's a redhead. I just tried to put my glasses on, but I'm wearing my contacts. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was like, no, but if you think of Tom and his History Channel, like specials on aliens and like being a producer behind the scenes like it feels like that fun moment of like hey guys like let's like we're just talking about aliens but like secretly like a fucking thing they're existing <laughs> like you have that moment where you're like oh my god 20 years later we're finally realizing this is his like passion but project. this is his passion project i think i and you know what i can appreciate that he left blink 182 and yeah there were there were issues leading up to it but he left he did the angels and airwaves thing and yes. then he was like you know what I want to explore the extraterrestrial. Yep. And he did. He, he fucking yep. did it. I don't think, though, with this song, I'm like, I just yes. wanted to bring it up because I'm like, because it it resulted in Tom not being in Blink-182 anymore. Yeah. So it was a big deal. And obviously, makes sense. And everyone, get your drinks ready because I'm about to talk to the live show again. They had floatab- uh, floatable, inflatable aliens yep. through the crowd during this song. Carrie. Yes. We've come to the critical point in the podcast. The critical point in the podcast is our rating. To give you a little bit of background, we rate this album out of five drinks. Yeah. So can you can you hit me with a rating at this moment? So I like a hundred percent toyed and like went back and forth with how many how many alien secretions I would give this. I'm gonna give it a four out of five. My soul of souls is like five out of five. Um, but I think in comparison to take off your pants and jacket is like my five out of five. And I couldn't quite rate this as a five out of five as for me. And I think that's also like point in life, what have you. So I'm going to give it a four out of five. That's totally fair. I'm going to have to say with my rating, like I kind of mentioned earlier on in the podcast, I, it's very rare that I have only one song on my skip list. Yeah. That that doesn't happen that often. (laughs) So I am inclined to give this record a five out of five. Yes. I do think that me listening to this album makes me feel so happy. I think they were able to hit the fun parts. I like, you know, what's my age again, all the small things, dysentery Gary. I think they were able to hit the serious parts with something like Adam's song and it just, it worked. And this was peak blink. I think that they are one of the most influential bands of the 21st century. And I, I'm so happy that we got to talk about this record today. So I've got to, I've got to give it a five. Um, Yay! I've got to give it, I've got to give it the full five. I could probably listen to this record the rest of my life and be yeah. totally content with all my life choices. But Carrie, yes, turn the lights off. Carry me home. That uh, fittingly yes. enough ends the podcast episode for tonight. And I wanted to thank you for coming on and being such a wonderful podcast member. And um, I loved having this, these drinks with you. And Tiffany, thank, thank you, you for, for coming and observing. On that note, can you uh, carry me home? Girl, I'm I like, can carry you home. <laughs> <laughs> that concludes the end of our episode. I'm going to carry Carrie home. <laughs>